This is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. This is not about freedom or personal choice. But our patience is wearing thin. They are children of the same foul spirit. People need to start taking to the streets. This is a dictator. Enemies of the state. This stuff is satanic. That, that's what's at the foundation of a lot of this stuff. I'm not, I'm not supposed to take any questions. For a new world order, now within our reach. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Welcome to the Removing Confusion podcast. This is Tom Richardson, your host. It's December the 1st, 2021. Stop that music. Start this one. We got things we're going to talk about. Kind of a recap thing. Just to get us up to speed and get us thinking about what's really happening Right on our, right on our doorstep. Just playing that song there because it's kind of a cold one. Flyover states. Talking about guys looking down at the country and saying, "Wow, you know, back roads, highways, cornfields. Who cares?" Don't they realize they're the ones that feed them? You know, Indiana, Ohio, Kentucky, West Virginia, Oklahoma, Nebraska. Those places that they just hate, really. They think that the enlightened ones all live on the coasts. The places where it's going to get flooded out because of global warming, but they keep building million, million, and million dollar mansions and moving to them? Do they think we're stupid? Yes, they do. They think you're a bunch of boobs that don't know anything. I started off on a rant, and we're going to rant all the way through. I'm not in a good mood today. Uh, it's an anger towards the things I'm seeing that really make me sick because we know better we know better we need to get our heads back in the game because if we don't we're going to lose it all cut that we're going to lose it all we're going to give it up some people already have. They've already sold out to the lies. They, they think that the government's going to pull them through the whole thing and it's all going to be over. Let's look at some things. I wrote down just some notes. You know, things to consider for today. <laughs> Our economy's in a tank. There's, a, there's an economic guy that I saw a little clip of from Tucker 
Carlson he was talking to. He, he does an hour-long interview on Fox Nation with this fellow. Uh, his last name's Sailor. And, uh, you know, he's talking about cryptocurrency. Now, I'm, I'm starting to wonder if that isn't the way to go. But, you know, it's all generated and stored. I, I don't know how they do it on the Internet somewhere. What if when it goes down, then what? Do they get us to implant ourselves into that mess and then all of a sudden everything you had was gone the money you had underneath your mattress is depleted to nothing of course it's not worth much now so the economy is a big deal 150 people i don't know if they're all men but generally the boys club runs a lot of stuff but 150 people it is documented and can be proven run the world's economy. I guarantee I know one of them. My buddy calls him Klaus Schwab. (laughs) Klaus Schwab. He's the head of the World Economic Forum. He's the guy that, you know, pushes things like the vaccine. He's in charge of money. He's supposed to be. But here he is, the vaccine, the vaccine. We have to get the vaccine. Line up for your shower. As we unload you from the train, I'm not making fun of Jews. Don't get me wrong. But that's what they did to them. They trucked them off somewhere and said, we're going to take care of you till this thing's over. Yeah, you'll have to work a little bit, and but we're going to keep you clean and fed. Go take a shower. And they never came home. Read some books, folks, about the Nazi concentration camps. Read The Hiding Place by uh, Corey Ten Boom. And the people that lived through it. You know, our supply chain, we, we talk about it to the death of us. Now, here in my area, supplies are still fairly okay. There's a lot of things you can't find. There's a lot of things that were normally there that aren't. There are stores that you go into and you look around and you're like, Wow, this place used to be packed with stuff, and now there's they've they've moved it around. You know, there there's a lot of room between the racks of clothing and whatnot because they're not getting stuff. They're not getting what's coming off of those boats sitting out in the harbors, out the, out at sea, even uh, up to upwards of a hundred of them or more. And, you know, you listen to the idiots, and they'll tell you, well, now, you know, a supply, a lack of supplies, that just shows that the economy's working okay. Give me a break. Shots don't work, so go get some more. <laughs> they, well, you know, that's a vaccine. You know, Tom talks about the vaccine an awful lot. I'm going to be like Fauci and talk about myself in the first person or third or whatever it is. A guy who says, if you attack me, you attack science. If you're attacking Anthony Fauci, you're attacking science. So he's now science. He's the, he is science. Nothing else is science but him. That's like those guys that may irritate you. But, you know, when, they, when, when you get into a biblical argument with them, and they may be stones off from everything, and you say, well, wait a minute. I had, a, I had an interesting conversation years ago with a woman on facebook which i don't use very often you will see me disappear from there sooner or later completely 
But a woman tried to tell me the rapture was going to happen in, I think it was 2015. October of 2015, little lamb jumping up in the air. And I, I said, you can't put that date out there. Oh, no, look, it's happening. The rapture's coming. The rapture's coming. Ah. And I'm like, what are you basing on? Well, you know, the lineup of stars and the uh, total eclipse of the sun, all this other whatever it was was going on that year. The uh, four blood moons was always a, a, pop, a real popper for everybody. Now, those could be signs of something. But she went on and on and on about it. And, and I told her, I said, well, you just can't back it up. And told me, like many have told me over the years, well, if you've got a problem with this, you don't have a problem with me. You have a problem with God. I do not have a problem with God. I look at God and Jesus Christ as those who have gracefully saved my wretched soul. I don't have a problem with them. I have a problem with people who tweak their words into their own narrative. So I let it go. This little dissertation with this woman between, you know, September and October. And when October came around, I wrote her a note and said, what happened? No reply. Another guy tried to tell me the same kind of, you know, all these big things were the, the tribulation starts, you know, because of the lineup, of the stars and Noah's or our, uh, what was it? Jonah's swallowing of the whale. Some guy came up with this long, you know, computer thing and everything. And I looked at it and said, well, he doesn't know what he's talking about. And I even told this fellow, I says, look, you can't lay your stuff on this guy. Well, I've done the research. Because that's what I said. Just do your own research. I've done my research. This is it. Nothing happened. Then what happened? When, when, the, when the rapture or whatever didn't happen when he said it would, which was in September of, again, I forget what year, like 2017, I said nothing. You know, I waited, and he came out and said, well, they're a month off. It's supposed to be October. All these things are going to happen. In October, I waited for a retraction because, again, it didn't happen. And he told me, like many others, if you have a trouble with this, it's because you have trouble with God. I don't have trouble with God. I have trouble with people who think they can extrapolate something from, you know, and they want to be the first ones to do it. They always want to be the ones on top of the ball. They're the ones that came out with the idea first, and they've won the battle. You know, a lot of the stuff I bring you on this program, it's stuff that maybe happened two days ago in the news or something I've read already and sat on for a week or two just to see what happened because I don't care about being first. There's folks out there that maybe don't hear any of this stuff. Some of it's fringy. Some of it's on the edge. So, you know, I let it go. I'm not here to be, no, oh, he broke a story. There's several times I have said things just off the cuff. I don't know if the Lord was leading me to say it or if I just, in my own mind, that, you know, like what, what, what's going to happen next or the hospital's going to close to people. And surely enough, there were certain ones that did and wouldn't let people in to have a transplant surgery without the vaccination. It's coming to a more dire head than that in the very near future 
I won't say that I'm calling the future. I'm just saying you can just read the, read, uh, to use a, a new age term, read the tea leaves. It's happening. You're getting shut out of things, folks, and it's happening just a little bit by a little bit. Uh, what else can we talk, think about, talk about? Facebook, uh, Facebook, my, my famous thing to go to. Facebook and creator has, uh, was named Zuckerberg has come out with a new thing. He's going to call it Meta. It's a, it's a virtual reality universe where you get to interact with people in this virtual reality setting and you have your avatar and all this kind of these things. These games have been around forever, but this is going to be a step forward where you create your own little world around yourself. I'm not going to be a part of that one, folks. Don't, don't send me uh, invitations to Meta, M-E-T-A. Not going to do it. Is it Meta? I believe it is. Very odd. Very strange. Very weird. Muslims. Muslims attack a Nigerian village again. And they killed like 10 people. Burned down 100 homes. Why? Because they were Christian. Christians in Nigeria and other parts of Africa and that in that area have no rights to anything they are persecuted they are killed and it happens all the time you don't hear about it in the national news because it doesn't really resonate with anybody they seem to not care uh, i got that from the christian post i think but you know i i, I used to keep real close tabs on that uh i've gotten away from it not that i didn't want or not interested or whatever it happened because there's so much else that happens uh and i'd have updates from the international christian concern and the uh voice of martyrs that would keep you up to date with the martyrdom that goes on in our world the word martyr in the bible is also in Greek, I think it is, uh, translates like witness. The witnesses under the altar are actually, and I don't know the Greek word, but it is the word where we get martyr. So these people are living witnesses of Christ in their communities and being martyred for it. Oh, that can't happen here. Yeah, right. Just give them time. Mandates, uh, they're they're real, and they're they're getting they're going to impact us all. Uh, they impacted me earlier. That's a story that I don't need to go into. Uh, it didn't cost me anything; uh, just opportunity, and uh, it really irritates me. I want to ask you some questions that you can answer within yourself. We'll go to the Bible very soon and talk about. It. I have a clip. I want to play from an old show of my own, uh, talking about some medical stuff. But don't you, do you, are you starting to feel any of the pressure? And again, the word pressure in Greek, thalipsis, is translated tribulation in the Bible, in the King James anyway. Pressure, the fear, anxiety. We're going to talk about anxiety later too. Do you feel like there's an easy way out? There usually isn't. Uh, when you when you hold on to Christ, that's your way out. 
uh, you may have to go through stuff. Noah did. He went, he didn't get out of the flood. I mean, he, he wasn't killed in it, but the storms that ensued, he was in a, he was in the ark and it brought him through. You go down through the Bible and you'll find many people who weren't just vacuumed out. They, they had to go through very intense times of tribulation and persecution. Daniel comes to mind, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. Where'd they go? Into the furnace. They, cut, they stood up for God. They stood up for God, the God of the universe, against a pagan king who considered himself God and said, if anybody here doesn't bow down to my idol and my, and my music, when we play it, you will die in the furnace. They've heated it up seven times so that the men who heated it up, opened it up or whatever, it killed them. But those guys went through without even a smell of smoke on them. And when they looked in, what did they see? It looks like one who looks like the son of God. Now, there's different translations translate it differently. The King James holds to that. And I, I like that, so I kept it for my own. Looks like one of them, as the, the Son of God, is in there with them. In the tribulation, friends, even though it may be scary, even though it may even hurt, hold on to Christ. He's there with you. He says, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. Now, unfortunately, we do the opposite. We leave him, and we forsake him a lot. We all do it. Be honest with yourself. I don't, I, I, I'm not perfect. I don't said that many times. I, I'm, I can sit here and tell you that there have been times he's pulled me through and there's times when I didn't even know it and he was doing it probably better off not to know, but here I am to tell you just like Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, just like Daniel in the lion's den. Look. You might not come out with that outcome where you walk out the other side of the furnace. You may not come out of the lion's den. You may not come out of the tribulation persecution that is presented to you. You may not, but hold on to Christ through it. It may not last long. Hold on to Christ through it, and you still come out the other side, and you go to be with him. That's not very encouraging, is it? Yes, it is, if you really think about it. Yes, this, this body, this life may end. But, hey, fear is a scary, it's not, that's not the right words. Fear is a very powerful emotion. Now, you can do, like it says in a note that I have in front of me, fear, face everything and run. Or you can face everything and rise. I choose number two. And they're using fear left and right. Fear will dominate and take over many people's lives. They're going to capitulate to a lot of things that they never thought they would. I already said this. Is there an easy way out? The first century church did didn't have an easy way out. Many of them were used to light city streets, 
wrapped in oily rags, alive. Many of them were beheaded. Many of them were crucified. Crucifixion is horrible. It's a horrible way to go. Martyred in so many ways, tossed off the top of temples. The temple, actually. Um, I say beheaded already. Peter was crucified upside down. Thomas was speared to death. It goes on and on. John lived to an old age and died. But look what he went through to get there. He was boiled alive inside of a statue of a bull or some sort, which is one of those ways of killing people back in the day. He was tossed off onto Patmos as an old man to carry rocks or whatever alone when the Lord came to him and gave him the revelation. He stuck close to God. He stayed within those parameters that were set forth with him by his Lord. We have them all right in front of us if we have a Bible open, as I have two of them actually right here in front of me. Do I follow them? Probably not as much as I should. Sometimes I don't even follow when I'm talking to (laughs) y'all because I get wound up. Some people, towards the Middle Ages, they died singing hymns, even those that were fed to the lions in the first century. That was another good way to go. Taken to the Colosseum and fed to the lions. They sang. They prayed. There are, there are, there are tales of people who had a glow about them. We would call that the, uh, Shekinah, the Shekinah glow of God came upon them to where the lions wouldn't even attack them. Now, that scared the other guy more than it did the lions, I guess. Because they're expecting a good bloodbath, and they didn't get it. Why not? Because these glowing people, these people who had the light of God on them, were saved from the lions. What a wonderful thing. In the age of the Reformers, many of them died. They were burned at the stake. They were stoned. There's another one, stoned to death. Stephen was stoned to death. Read the uh, Fox's Book of Martyrs if you can get a hold of it. You can pretty much get it free off the Internet anymore. Fox's Book of Martyrs carries covers every martyr, I think, from Jesus up to you know the Middle Ages there somewhere. And it's hard to read. It's hard to read. You know, people that were beaten and... And 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 you know, cast off from society like mar uh, like martyrs like uh, lepers. Worse than lepers, you've turned away from the faith of the Jews. You've turned away from the faith of the Romans. You've turned away from the faith of the Catholic Church or the Jehovah's Witnesses or the Mormons or whatever. Your family throws you out. Even in the anti-religion sector, if you decide to become a Christian and you're in a family who pretty much is atheistic and or agnostic, they can turn against you because now you're one of those holy rollers. Is there a cost to being Christian? Yes, sometimes there is, but it's a cost worth paying. Imagine the cost that Christ paid. Anything we go through is nothing compared to that. But what will we do? Those of you that are with me that are believers in Christ, those of you who believe in in the Bible and the way it teaches the truth, what will we do when we're called to be witnesses slash martyrs?
already talked about the 150 people that run the world. And that system is rigged. From every, you know, look, they, they pull into that thing everything, including the uh, um, economic, the medical, uh, everything. It gets pulled into this system that uh, is just so, my brother likes to use the word convoluted. We'll just use that for today. It's demonic. It's satanic. They want you dead. There is no way around it. The sooner that they can have it happen, the better. In their eyes. Because it's easier to, to control and manipulate a small society over this seven or eight billion that inhabit our earth today. I, I, I told you I'd play a clip. I'm going to. It's a long one, too. But it's from an old show that we did back in March, I think, with Dr. Lee Merritt. Well worth the time listening. And she just talks about some things that are in the news again. One of them, Ebola. You, you mentioned Ebola. Do you think it's going to pop its head back up again? Because that's a scary disease. Well, that is. But I have to say, years ago, um, after 9-11, I started looking at bioweapons just from a, you know, I just wanted to learn everything I could. This is when computers are just kind of really where you had one in your house on a routine basis you used, you know. Yeah. And I and I, and I I ended up giving lectures on this. I mean, it, it, I really studied this for a long time. You know, the one I was most concerned about was smallpox. I made a grid and I looked at three questions. Is it deadly? Do we have treatment for it? And is it easy to spread? Now, yes, Ebola is deadly. It's probably one of the more deadly diseases we know. It's like in Africa, it's 90% fatal, although when people got it over here, they didn't seem to have that problem. So nutrition and, and general health probably, you know, contribute. But in any case, it's a deadly disease, but it doesn't spread very well. It has to, it's bloodborne, right? It's, it's not airborne. But the big one that, that hits, the only pathogen that I could find that hit all three of those was smallpox. It's deadly, 60% the stuff in our labs today. Mm. Um, it's airborne, so it's easily to spread, and we don't have a treatment for it. At least we didn't until now. We don't know what hydroxychloroquine and these things will do to it. There may be treatments we never were told. But, but what I worry, I, that's the one I worry about the most. And when actually there was a war game about that called Dark Winter. Uh, so when Biden started spouting Dark Winter, I said, oh, no. Uh, you know, but I, you know, hopefully that won't happen. Now, I will tell people, there is a time to take to the basement. Now is not the time. This whole thing about isolation and masks and lockdowns and all this junk, this stupid six-foot measurement that you have to stand apart is total scientific bunkum. But there is a time to save yourself, and that's when doctors and nurses are dying of an airborne disease that we can't solve. And that the only thing you can do then, don't trust your mask. That won't save you from smallpox. That's going to your basement and isolating yourself, not necessarily your basement, but your house, isolating yourself from the world around you until it burns through the, your area. That is, that is what they did in the old days. Oh and, um, and so there are these things out there. But, you know, the good news here is we've actually learned a lot. Like, you know, I mean, we've learned that we can treat viruses. They hid this from us for 40, 50 years. But we now know that. They didn't really want us to know that. They really, really, really don't want us to have treatment. They really, really, really want us to have a vaccine. But we've, we've figured out that there is treatment. And there's a lot more treatment than they're telling us. I mean, I found two new 
um, which I blank on the names right now, but there's one starts with C, one starts with N. I'm going to look them up. I've had them. There's two new medicines out there that, that are just coming online. So I think smart people now are realizing they've been had and they're realizing they're looking at all these different options. Um, so I think they're, they're good things to be said about that. But um, I'm sorry, what was the second part of your question? You asked me, I may have gotten wandered off there a little bit. I, I, my my well, main I, my main thing was the Ebola because I know people are scared to death of the, oh, the Ebola, yeah. hemorrhagic yeah. fever and you know it's gonna I'm gonna bleed out of all right. my orifices. But you know I know that you and, right. and Doctor Sherry have talked about that, and I've heard uh, other ones say it's not as bad as they make it out to be. You have to come in contact with the blood. Right. It, Am I right? right? This is the thing. It's a it's a problem of the doctors and nurses taking care of those people. But look at that doctor from New York that went over and was helping at the, I think, Doctors Without Borders or whatever. He was helping in an AIDS, or not an AIDS, in, a, in an Ebola outbreak. He actually contracted Ebola and apparently, you know, kissed his girlfriend when he got back and right. was with her. And he was the only one that got anything, and he just survived it without a problem. So I don't – there's something weird going on here that we don't understand. And, you know, the guy that, that – that, um, you know, we're we're led to believe that it's highly contagious from vomit and bleeding and all this kind of stuff. But, you know, the guy down south, I thought it was um, Alabama or whatever that guy was. He was a guy that had come from Africa with Ebola. Mm -hmm. First of all, none of the people around him apparently got it uh, on the plane. None of the people that he lived with got it. He vomited all over the parking lot. He did everything I thought was going to spread this. And I said, oh, here we go. And it didn't happen. So I, I don't know what to say about that. Somewhere there's an infectious, honest infectious disease guy that knows, but I, I don't really know about that. So I'm not worried about Ebola. I'm worried about these airborne things. She's worried about those airborne things like smallpox. And at, at this point, I've read some articles, and I, I don't really uh, go into them too deep because I don't have the uh, medical know-how uh, to, I don't know, vet them, I guess, would be a good way to put it, but they're they're working on something where they combined Ebola with smallpox. So you got Ebola pox. What a wonderful thing to do. Just awesome. Why would you do something like that if you didn't want to actually kill people? Well, what if it actually happened then? Well, you have we'll come up with a vaccine for it. Forget the vaccines. The word that she used in there is we found ways to treat viruses but they want to push for vaccines vaccine 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 because they they can do things with those that just go beyond the pale and why do they want to do these things why are they so focused in on trying to make you think they're acting in your better uh interest health wise and give you a shot. One shot fixes all, you know, kind of deal. It doesn't. We already see that with this one. It's it's not what they claim. We've talked about it at nauseum, and we'll probably talk about it more as Omicron becomes more and more prevalent in the world. Let's read something from the Bible and explain. Again, this is probably nothing new here that we've talked about before, but I'm reading a few passages of Scripture from the fourth chapter of Second Corinthians. Fourth chapter of Second Corinthians. Therefore, since we have, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, starting in verse 2, I'm going to start in verse 2. But 
we have renounced the things hidden because of shame, not walking in craftiness or adulterating the word of God, but by manifestation of truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. That's the unsaved. And if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In the whole, in whose case the God, little g, of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. These people are trying to keep, and even good Christian folks, veiled from the truth. You know, if you try to say, well, uh, biblically, well, I don't want to hear that. That's, that's just Bible stuff. We don't talk religion here. We keep that down to a nothing. There's no place for religion in the public forum, they'll tell you. And, and you know something? Start looking around at parking lots, at churches, and notice if you know, if you're around some big ones, and see how many cars aren't in the parking lots anymore. Church attendance, they say, is down 50% at least. And in some places, I'm sure it's even more than that. Once people get out of the habit of going to church, they do not, or any habit, but this is a good habit, going to church. They get out of the habit of going. It's harder to get them back into it. And then they do it in little dribs. You know, I do a week here, a week there. Uh, now Sunday night isn't worth it, and Wednesday night's not worth it, that kind of thing. The next thing, you know, they're, they're, not, they're not in church again. They're out. They, that's faithful church membership, faithful church attendance builds you up. Even in the churches that aren't all that great, at least you're amongst people. You need to know the Bible so you know what churches to be in. I want you to go to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, if you're following along with me. I'm using it. I have the New American Standard Version here today just because I want to. Sometimes the words are a little easier. I can, I'm, whatever you want to think, you think it. This is called the cure for anxiety because the world right now is running on fear. It's running on fear, folks. For this reason, this is, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 25. For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. It is not not life more... Is I'm sorry, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow, they don't reap, they gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth more than they? And who of you being worried can add a single hour to your life? I'm I'm throwing on my own words now. And why and why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you, even the Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like not like one of these. 
But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Do not worry then saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? Or or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things for uh, your heavenly father knows that you need all these things, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. It's a long passage, a good one about anxiety, which is another name for fear. Another name for getting yourself all worked up about stuff you can't do anything about. And we need to really hone in on that and get ourselves, you know, back on track with God. It's a good place to be. Get your Bible out and read it as much as you can. Study it as much as you can. Look for teachers that are going to give you the right words in the right way at the right time. So much is not being talked about in the church today because guys want to be flippant and look at the message I came up with. They need to get their feet back on the ground solidly with God and the Bible because it is an important time as any other in the history of man. This is exciting, important, and sometimes a little scary. But don't be anxious for anything. God does have you in his mind, on his mind. He has you in his hand. There may be bad things that come our way, but we always have to remember Jesus is with us always. Have a great day. Tom Richardson is going to say goodbye now from the Removing Confusion podcast, December the 1st. We're almost to the end of the year, folks. 2022 is at the doorstep. Are you ready? (laughs) Who knows what it's going to bring, right? Have a great day. Till next time, God bless you. Bye.